Today, Catherine Devaney writes a very good piece on what dual religion can do to society. Julian Bowditch on what singing postman success means for Scottish culture in the age of pandemic. And Kevin Pringle, an SNP member, writes very well on what the Labour leadership contest means for Scottish politics. This is the Scottish News Bubble. First, Catherine Devaney wrote a very good piece in the Person Journal, the North of Scotland's daily newspaper, a few days ago, about the effect of the mother and baby scandal on society in Ireland and what it means for wider society as there are many parallels with the Dewar churches in Scotland. She wrote Last week two senior Scottish Catholic clergymen died with Covid complications. Normally their funerals would be pageants of pomp and and circumstance of scarlet robes and ceremonial metrics of gold staffs and ornate crucifixes. This is a church that excels in ritual and drama. Yet, it is also a church that experiments on children. It considers worthless, which threw the bones of dead babies into mass unmarked graves because they merited nothing more. Childhood Catholicism, cold stone and flickering candle in the veiled gloom. A catechism of rules, dark confessions, where only men could sit in judgment, the long-awaited report into Isla's mother and baby report was published. It was prompted by revelations that 800 children were secretly buried. Human infant remains were found in County Tipperary and at Bassborough in County Cork where it was revealed 75% of babies the home in 1943 had died. But children were buried in unmarked graves right up to 1990 when it closed. This is not merely a historical scandal. This is the hierarchy of worth. Survivor testimony in last week's subhuman treatment of sinners by the righteous. This there has been an apology, of course, words shall this flow. An apology. Victims asked to be delayed until they digested the report. They couldn't even control that, so who was it for? That sorry. Irish Taoiseach Eamon Martin blamed society for the scandal. It was the fault of the baby's fathers, the fault of the mother's families, the sense of shame demanded secrecy. But what about the church that perpetrated the sense of shame and allowed abuse to flourish? What about the state which colluded silently, paying the church for its care of societies unwanted and dispowered? It seemed the powerful are almost protected. What about the legal accountability for criminal actions? Ironic then that the Catholic Church proposes legal action which suits them. A Scottish priest is currently raising £50,000 to oppose the Scottish Government's Covid restrictions 
that keep churches closed. The arrogance of demanding church course should gather when the rest of Scottish society cannot sorry to fathom. But the attitude of we are special, different, saved, fuel church behaviour outlined in the Irish report. The Taoiseach got one thing right in the statement. What was striking was the complete absence of basic kindness. An excellent column that I've retweeted. This is also relevant to this week's news in Scotland, where it was revealed by the West Island Free Press that, that an illegal gathering of pre-Presbyterian ministers in a church in Portree on the Isle of Skye was broken up last Sunday. What Catherine Devaney was saying with arrogance of some church ministers is true across the boundaries of Scotland and Ireland. Next today was a very good piece in the Sunday Times today which focused on the success of the singing postman in Airdrie and what it means for broader Scottish culture in the age of pandemic. Last week, after a rapid rise to TikTok stardom, the 26-year-old jacked in the day job to sign a deal with Polydor Records to release the Weller Man, a New Zealand shanty song about a crew in perpetual struggle with a wheel. This was Nathan Evans, a postman from Airdrie. Periods of national crisis usually spur intense creativity. The poets of the First World War will be remembered for centuries. The aftermath of the Second World War gave rise to new, literally, genres. An outpouring of public art and the birth of the Edinburgh, Edinburgh International Festival to provide a flat platform for the flowering of the human spirit at a time when 75 million had lost their lives in six years. The arts thrive in an ethos of cooperation reinvention and cross-cultural pollination, where ideas can be shared, honed and improved. A pride in our cultural heritage, in the poetry of Burns or the music of the Gales, should broaden, not restrict our horizons. Intellectual life and the arts in general flourish, where there are a array of voices, views and opinions, and where nothing is out of bounds. Tomorrow we celebrate our national hero, not with usual Burns supper, but with a lonely jam and a single portion of haggis, uncertain about whether arts will survive this lockdown life. And while I wish Evans well and have nothing but admiration for him, I hope for stronger meat from this pandemic and simplistic ditties about drunken sailors. I hope for a world that is incredibly plural 
Well said, and words I thoroughly agree with. In the age of lockdown, where Celtic Connections is online only and is a poor imitation of the live experience of Celtic music in a vibrant city of Glasgow during a cold January's month, getting warmed up by the sound of excellent music and a great atmosphere venues like the Glasgow Royal Concert Hall. Let's hope this returns next year. The latest comment on the ongoing Scottish Labour leadership is an excellent comment today by Kevin Pringle, an SNP member and former PR chief at for the SMP. His columns normally focus on the SMP, but today instead he focuses in the Sunday Times Scotland on Scottish Labour and what the outcome of the leadership race could mean for Scottish politics in a very good article. He says, for the SM government, SNP government to face its principal opposition from the left and from a party that's also subjecting Johnson's administration at Westminster to scrutiny would be an altogether more uncomfortable and dis- disorientating experience. The Tories have done a patchy job of developing their own policies to put before the people of Scotland within a few months, leaving us with little idea at this stage of what they would do should they win office. Ironically, despite their relative weakness, Labour have done a better job of influencing the policy debate at Holyrood, including on the case for a national care service and the bill successfully pioneered by Monica Lennon to eradicate period poverty. Labour needs to use this internal election to work out a position on its constitution. However, it, it it should not be its main pitch. It, if the new leader is up front about aiming for opposition to hold the SNP to account and advance Labour's agenda, political modesty may pay electoral dividends. On to international news now. And today it was a very good day for positive news. In China, after yesterday, where the papers were full of the fact it was going to take 10 days, according to rescuers, to save the miners trapped in the collapsed mine shaft. Today, to the surprise of everyone, they were rescued. The story was revealed on Channel 4 News and in the Sunday Times very later on in the day. 11 Chinese coal miners have been lifted to the surface after being trapped by an explosion hundreds of metres below for a fortnight to the surprise and relief of their families and rescuers. 
On Friday, the authorities warned it could take two weeks two weeks to rescue shaft capable of extracting them. So there was delight at the sun salvation of all the miners to have been contacted and located. Managers of the mine are being detained and investigated after taking 30 hours to report the explosion and the blockage of the shaft, which appears to be caused by dynamite used in the construction of the new mine. The piece also goes on to explain how they got to the mines much quicker than expected because of a sudden collapse in the debris they were trying to clear, which cleared the shaft, luckily not damaging the miners. China has been exposed as having the worst mine safety regime in the world because of what's going on and the secrecy they have placed on the miners and their families, not even revealing their names to the press, does not make China look good on the world stage. However, the fascination that everyone has with this very good news story in the age of pandemic and lockdown means surely more information will come out about the stories behind this heroic rescue. Good news in dark times. Bye for now.